My name is Katie Sanders. I am a sensory designer who helps those who are neurodiverse and or have chronic illnesses. I help them create spaces that love them back. These are people who are easily overwhelmed mentally and physically and need to set up their spaces in unique ways. A little about my background, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and went to school for photography, then interactive media, which led me to web and brand design, which was way more exciting than photography for me at the moment. Um, this is where I studied how people interact with digital experiences. So colors and placement and the psychology of how to guide people through a journey. Over the last decade, um, I have been researching how people interact with their environments, especially after my son was diagnosed with autism. I then realized I had always had communication difficulties with hearing and reading and also anxiety revolving around those and over and just general anxiety. Um, it made it really hard for me to work in like a typical work office, like an office environment. Um, and I realized that many of my senses would be calmed if I worked from home. So I started my own business in 2005 and have been working for myself ever since. Um, as I helped my son create a space that he could focus in, uh, I, we were going to his occupational therapy appointments and realized that there was a gap between our weekly appointments um, and support at home. The therapists were absolutely amazing, but they could only support us during that hour or through occasional little emails. What was not happening was how could I set up items at home and offer support for my son at home in navigating our own space. And with my design background, I felt like, um, I could keep learning and seeing how I could help my son. And then I started helping other clients at the occupational therapy um, office and helping other friends and families who also had kids with ADHD, autism, and any other neurodivergencies or even chronic illness that kept kids um, from being in kind of a typical environment that they needed something more special. Uh, I now offer this to adults who, who are realizing uh, many times if they're parents, they're realizing they're having the same difficulties as their children. Um, or people are coming across TikToks and other social media posts and wondering, wait a minute, have I been um, neurodiverse or have chronic illnesses this whole time and I didn't realize it and they're being diagnosed much later in life in their 30s and 40s or 50s even. Um, many people get diagnosed much later in life because um, they don't realize that they've been masking or they've been trying to cover up their difficulties and this is just something kids do from a young age. They just adapt and work with what they have. And many times their parents don't realize something is going on, much like in my family. 
And so when I realized, oh, this is how my brain works. This is how my body works. And um, it is so much more comfortable working at home. And then I can actually focus on the work in front of me. It's like a door opened for me and I can really concentrate and put out beautiful things now. Um, and I want that for everyone. I want that for kids. And I, um, have my business set up through that called a beneficial space. Um, and then I also have my adult version of that, which is called create my sanctuary. So in both realms, I'm doing very similar things, but sometimes for adults, it can go even deeper into grief work because there is this whole section of their childhood and into adulthood that they feel they're finally coming to an understanding that it wasn't their fault and um, it wasn't by choice. It wasn't anything like that. It was the circumstances that they were dealt. And it's very important to kind of come to terms with that give yourself compassion, give yourself grace and, um, you know, kind of come full circle with it and have more love for yourself and for the unique things that you can offer. Um, if you ever felt like deficient, like, oh, I couldn't do this. I couldn't do this, but you can do these other things. And that's what I help people do. So I wanted to start out this podcast talking about why our spaces need customizing to begin with. Um, it could be because we want or need our bodies to more easily maneuver the space or to not be as overwhelmed, um, or to make our morning routine flow easier so we can leave the house. It can be like this longing for a calm at the end of the day before we fall asleep. So how do we recognize that that is an important next step to actually change our space? How do we know, okay, now is the time to make those changes? Maybe it's when we feel uncomfortable and we're bumping into things and we're always like hitting our hip or our leg on a coffee table or something. Um, maybe it's when we see way too many things in front of us. So it could be that when we look around, we see a bunch of tasks that we need to do or maybe it's just like, here's a pile of stuff that I've, you know, gotten through. Maybe it's a bunch of papers and I just don't know what to deal with them. Like, do I organize them? Do I file them away? Do I shred them? What do I do with these? What is my system that I should put in place to more easily handle these things? Um, or maybe it's just this overflowing to-do list of like, well, I'm saving this for that. I saved this for my mom and it's a container and I know she really likes it. And now I need to go deliver it to her, but does she really need it? <laughs> it's, I mean, maybe she does. It just depends. And seeing all these things like waking up first thing in the morning and seeing all these things that you need to do may be way overwhelming and it may help to create a system of like, here's the stuff going out of the house. Here's the stuff coming into the house. How do we process it from here? It also could be that your brain, it really helps to see those items, but yet how do we stage it that it's in a manageable and functional way for you? 
Um, maybe it's when we're trying to complete a task, but your space is just totally slowing you down. Um, you are still finding that the thing, the things that you need, but it's just taking much longer time. So maybe you are, uh, in financial work and you're trying to find your certain spreadsheets. Maybe you are uh, a writer and you're trying to find that notebook, but it, you have to go through like eight other notebooks just to find the one that you're looking for. Maybe you're an artist and you're trying to look for that certain color paint, but you have to dig down deep and just, it feels like everything is just slowing you down. Maybe it's when you look around and see things that make you feel like sad or upset or concerned or worried or anything like that, that these reminders around in your space are, um, like you you feel in your body that you're being kind of drugged down or that you are increasing your anxiety just seeing these items because of their association to an event or a person or a feeling or something. And that can get our mind ruminating about that. And sometimes we can't even catch ourselves before that happens, that it happens so quickly in our minds that just having that item in that space, um, can cause this to happen. And when that item is let go or transferred to wherever it needs to be, it can actually really lighten all your brain processes. It can be that you can't find something you know you have, and you find yourself often like making a list of not only needing to go get that, but also adding a to-do list, a to-do item to your list saying, oh, I'm totally out of that kind of glue and I need that. And here's another thing that I have to add on to my day. But you know you have it, but you just don't know where it is. So, and then once you buy it, you bring it home and you go to that space to put it away. And there it is. There's the other one that you thought that you, <laughs> that you knew that you had. Like you have this inner um, intuition of like, yes, I know I have this. I just don't know where. And that's so frustrating to go through. Um, and maybe we find ourselves like looking at all these social media accounts with all these beautiful images in them and fantastic ways of organizing, but we're not seeing how a lot of these are just very temporary situations, whether it's in an actual studio and it's a setup that nobody lives in, like the they could set up like a chair and a desk, but no one's ever used it that way or even tried using it or seeing if it's comfortable enough or has the right lighting for use all day long. You know, the sun shifts, the sun doesn't just shine in the window and make it pretty for just that moment. And then it locks there all day. Um, we need to look at like these environments and construct them in a way that makes them usable all day long. Um, or maybe it's is in a lived space, but the person taking the photograph has like gone through and removed half the items, put them behind the camera to get that beautiful shot. And nothing against that. It's very inspirational. And I think there can be some good things about going, okay, I can see parts of these pictures that could work for me. But when our brain is inputting like 
receiving all of these images that just aren't real and they aren't typical of how people use spaces that are ever changing and ever like it's this evergreen kind of maybe evergreen's not the word but just like this ever-changing living breathing space around you it needs to be adaptable so um you know running out to the container store and buying all the things and going okay i'm going to get organized now because this is what i see everyone doing or organizing by a rainbow color that may not even work with how your brain works um, or makes things more difficult physically you know if you organize and put something really high but your body just doesn't allow you to lift something heavier or go up and reach all the time like whatever your limitations are um, physically it doesn't mean you should copy what you know you're seeing on tv or seeing um, on netflix or seeing on social media it may not work for you but um we can find ways that work for you and one last note like some of those tv shows you'll see that the room is set up specifically to make that last panning shot or those couple you know last panning shots that before and after right it's like oh here's a whole mess and then they make that beautiful pan shot of like well but this is it all cleaned up um they're specifically designed to look beautiful on tv they're not designed for people to live and to adjust with how their brain works or how their body works um and so often you'll find like when you check in with these people and i've read articles about it that um you check in with them a couple weeks later and they haven't been able to stick to the systems that were just put in place without them heavily involved in those decisions like it's wonderful to think that someone will just come in and do it for you right and in a sense when you hire any kind of organizer you have someone there to help you out um but to actually get the most benefit out of anyone who is coming in and helping you with your space you have to think of them more as a therapist they're coming in they're asking like well but how do you use this what are your goals for this space um and anything's on the table right like if you love having stuff around you and it really feels good then they shouldn't talk you out of that they shouldn't make this a minimalist space if that's not right for you uh, and there's a lot of grief work involved as well um, of like letting go of expectations of talking about the past and how that has influenced maybe you grew up in a household that had too much stuff around and now you're like freaked out you know there could be trauma involved in that and the type of person to help you get organized and put systems in needs to be very conscious of trauma be trauma informed be very um like informed about adhd or different neurodivergencies autism anything that um will 
help design the space in a much better way and be very conscious of how a person may be dealing with other type of grief things. So in any of these cases, any of the things that I've listed before, um, it's, it's kind of time to recognize that maybe now is the time to take that next step and change things. Not necessarily, um, like, as I said, time to just go out and spend a bunch of money on something and try to go it alone. You may be able to get, there are people who can do that. There are people who are like, okay, I'm, I'm ready for a change. Um, I can do some DIY and you can do it yourself. And that's great. There's all types of people who can do this. And then there are some people who are like, I am so overwhelmed. I do not know where to start. And that's where I love to help people because it's this beneficial relationship where not only can I help you, but you can also help yourself in the whole process. And we're working together to try to create a space for you or your child that just really syncs with how they think and um, navigate the space. So what works for you and the members of your family? That's what this podcast is all about. So anyone who lives in your space, whether they're a roommate or a partner or family members, it's going to be focused on how you create your own spaces or spaces for others to help them navigate both mentally and physically within that space. We're going to have um, episodes that are called My Wins, which are quick wins that you can have around the house that center on specific little projects. Um, and I will also have episodes called My Thoughts that will dive a little deeper into thoughts that come up if you are highly sensitive, neurodivergent, have chronic illness or anything around those topics. And you can join me next time on the My Senses, My Space podcast. 